Hey, welcome to the After the Message podcast. Uh, This is going to be a great session for us because we get a chance right now to talk about Moses' meeting with the great I Am and really all in the presence of the burning bush. It is a cool, cool story where we get to really sit back and hear how God uh, gives our life purpose and also how he provides for us in his calling towards his mission. This is really another great sermon for us to talk through in our stories that shape our faith. And really, we get a chance to to see clearly how God reclaims all of our stories in such a way that he is the hero of the story. Enjoy. All right. Well, welcome to After the Message. Uh, we finally got rid of the weight that was just holding us back. Mike Hate <laughs> is not here today. Josh Braddy, not here today. Mm. And now it's the scholars in the room. Uh, <laughs> this Preston Crow, yeah. Roland Hall, Sean Selman, yeah. myself, and It uh, took us 10 minutes Corey. just to figure out how to do the microphone. I know. That's, right. that's, that's a exactly bad right. start. I'm yeah. pretty sure that I've never been included in a scholar conversation. But anyway, <laughs> is the day. this today. is it. There you go. There you Write have it down. It. Everything so, after this point is downhill <laughs> at this point. Hey, at least you got the name of the um, podcast right. Like, oh, wait. We like did we, talk. I could have renamed we, it. We have typically we, we, watched that we most have, of the time. Uh, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did have a little trouble with that before. So let's spend the next 15 minutes coming up with new names. New right names. Here. Right. here we go. <laughs> hey, uh, man, so glad to have Roland here. And we, we talked mm-hmm. about uh, Mike and Josh not being here. Uh, Roland reminded our congregation, the church family, this past Sunday that uh, this is with the week of the Southern Baptist Convention, and there is a lot of... Um, really sensitive ministry opportunity that will be discussed mm-hmm. uh, as they are meeting in Anaheim, California. And so while we joked about them not being here, the reality is that is a significant prayer request this mm-hmm. week. Um, and so, man, Roland, thank you for bringing that to our attention on Sunday. Yeah. And you did an incredible job yes. yep. bringing the word to us Sunday. Thank you so, so much. Man, it was it was great. Grateful mm-hmm. for the opportunity. Yeah. So as we get started, Sean Preston, what did we learn about Roland Hall this Sunday that we did not so know before? I, I had no clue he was a sheep herder, right? Yeah. Like, so, it explains so, a lot, though, doesn't it? Or maybe I should say <laughs> I'm not sure what it explains, but anyway. I knew that part. I missed the uh, where it was. I knew it was Australia, but specifically it was... Penguin Tasmania. Penguin the land, Tasmania. Land way, it's the land under the down land down under. under. That's where exactly the Tasmanian right. devils live, right? That's exactly right. I did you know that, that Tasmania was formed as a... It was a prison state. I did know that, yes. And oh, wow. so it's where the, the derelicts and the outcasts of society well, were sent. And they sent so me there, That's where they sent me. I was there. Where so does anyway. Roland fit in best? Here we go. How did that really happen? Did like, they have penguins there? <laughs> penguins they really did. Okay. They really did. How'd that happen? Like, how'd you get there and why? So, little known fact, uh, I was invited to go as part of a mission opportunity, uh, and I went to play basketball. And so basketball was my platform, and I played basketball with the Bernie Warriors. Bernie was a city uh, further down the coast of Tasmania than Penguin, and Penguin was a small town. That's where I lived. And, And so, while I was a college student, I played basketball overseas. And People who have seen me play basketball in recent years, they would say, there's no way that could ever happen. <laughs> that's but where you did, got injured and your did. NBA career kind of came to a halt, that's, right? That's, that's right. I, I thought so, I remember that part. So all kidding aside, because I was involved in college athletics, I could not, because of NCAA stuff, uh-huh. I could not take any kind of stipend or anything like that. So I had to pay my way, mm. so to speak. Huh. And so, hence... 
That's why I worked on a sheep farm. I also harvested potatoes and onions. I've never done that before. I ran a harvester. So is I that had, more fun than the sheep? Uh, in the wintertime in Australia, none of that is fun. <laughs> and, and so all of that was new experiences, but that was literally just so I could afford mm. to be there. That's yeah. cool. And uh, so it was a, it was a neat awesome. experience. Mm. That's awesome. Pretty the cool. other one that resonated with me was the, the names for your daughters. Yes. Uh, you're, so pretty bad, you're pretty bad at the whole naming thing. That's what I was going to say. I mean, <laughs> everybody who wasn't story. there, like, tell us so, about that. So... It was funny last night. Uh, my whole family was at the house, and and people had reached out to them and asked them which one they were. You know, if yeah. they were Fred or Hank. So when they were little, they both have very different personalities. And and Megan, uh, my oldest, Megan's now twenty eight. She really appreciates me sharing this yesterday and now today <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> but but Megan at times she was just so uh, pliable. She was always very compliant. Uh, to what have you, but but some she would ask why things were the way they were, and you appreciate that. That's yeah. how you learn. But it also set her up as a target many times, mm. and and I would tell her she was blind, and I would tell her you were really blind, <laughs> and uh, and while this is probably not politically correct, her given name was Gooberhead Fred, but we just shortened we just shortened it, we shortened it to Fred, and then and then Maddie. Uh, Maddie is the life of the party. Matter of fact, she is the party looking for a place to mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so she was always a joy to be around until she wasn't. Mm. When Maddie was tired, when things didn't go that way, then you wanted to be as far away from her as humanly possible. Mm. And so her name was Cranky Hank, shortened there to Hank. And so go. their entire lives, they have been Hank and Fred. And they always knew when I was around, uh-huh. and they still do because I still call them that. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, as as dads in the yeah. room, do you have nicknames for your kids? Uh, uh, none like that. You know, um, yeah, that's probably so, a good thing, actually. Uh, I call my daughter Red, so a lot of times you you hear us because she has red hair, but just we call her Red. Um, I call Keenan uh, Goober a lot. Like, hey, come on, Goober. You know, um, I don't really have one for Kent. You know, like Kent is Now's Kent. The time. Yeah, yeah. I guess I could. Yeah, or we could. Let's just on. let's just brainstorm. Let's brainstorm nicknames <laughs> for Kent right now, right? Um, but yeah. So, uh, but I think I think uh, once again, you're pointing to personalities. I, I think we have a tendency to um, kind of navigate things according to our kids' personalities, and so um, so red. Red mm-hmm. is uh, yeah. you describe Maddie. She's much like her. She's mm-hmm. uh, she's very outgoing, but also when she's uh, upset or angry or tired, you just don't want to be around. So red is not only a color of her hair, but she can also get pretty feisty. Um, Keenan is uh, is he's a goofball. Like he can be a goofball <laughs> and um, has a high level of sarcasm. So who does he so, get that from? Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So Kent is Kent just flying under the radar because radar yeah. may make a good name. Yeah, yeah radar. There you go. That's radar. It. Now I will say That'll this: stick. his brother, his brother has given him the name Curtis. Um, so just uh, when we first showed up here in Madison at Germantown, I think at soccer practice, one of the other guys called him Curtis and continued to call him Curtis, and then it kind of died down, and his brother brought it back. Nice. And so from time to time, we call him Curtis as well. Uh-huh. Just a, it was a mistake, and so. Cool. 
So every now and then we get that. Gosh, so. I have a hard enough time just keeping up with their real names. <laughs> say, yeah. You have a bunch of kids. <laughs> we, tend, we tend to just shorten their names. So Mason became Mace and, you know, Dawson, Colt, and Ash. Bella, we tend to call Bella Bear. So yeah. she has a little bit more. That's the coolest name. Baby but other ones you just sound lazy Sometimes on. Sometimes it, it is lazy. It's, <laughs> it was just, we're worn out, right? By the uh, way, this is a time to share with any of you parents that if you ever just need free babysitting, just drop your kids off at Preston's house. Exactly he won't right. even know they're, they're, they're there. there. <laughs> he just think it's part of his pack. You but just, anyway. You just need to hope somebody knows that they're there. So, <laughs> I think I call Grace. I call Catherine Grace, middle name. Right. Yeah. And then as a child, now every once in a while it comes back up, I will call her Snugglebug, Ooh. which she would hate she to know that I'm saying on the podcast. Oh, wow. But that was just kind of as like daddy daughter yeah. kind of that, moments getting up on the that couch. That might come up sometime. I think I'm just so. letting you know yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. And now That's if right. Jennifer were here, she would say, "Oh yeah, I got nicknames for all of them." Yeah, you yeah, know? I'm and sure. I'm sure I should know what they all are. And you've completely missed it. That's right, Ray right. Ray. I do call him. Colton Ray, his middle name's Ray. That's so cool. Ray Ray sometimes. All right, so Ro, that's there's some things we learned about you. Like what you're preparing, you were out of Exodus, going through, and you had the opportunity and the responsibility to cover basically the entire book of Exodus, <laughs> Numbers, Deuteronomy, like the whole nation of Israel in one sermon. Great job. No pressure. What did you learn about God as you were preparing for this sermon? What stood out to you? Something new that you had never discovered? So probably the biggest thing for me, and and it's something. You know, you say that I knew, but in in today's culture, the world that I live in day in and day out, probably the biggest thing for me was that God invites us into his holiness, and it's not a one-time, it is a consistent, he desires for us to live in intimacy with him. And and there's a head knowledge of that, so that's not really new, but it was, uh, for me, uh, uh, a major aha moment or, you know, raising the the awareness, if mm-hmm. you will. Um, I shared with some of you guys last week as I was preparing that, one, that was challenging for me to, to try to get my head and my heart around at the same time how to communicate that with clarity mm-hmm. and conviction mm-hmm. uh, to our folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Hey, Preston, as we were talking through these things uh, from this past Sunday, one of the things you brought up was uh, – it dawned on you that Moses was 80 years old. Yeah, which I, I think I knew it in the back of my mind somewhere, but those, those facts that you forget along the way, you need to be reminded. And I think, you know, when you when you mentioned it, one of the things that came to my mind, um, not that I'm 80, although I got accused of being 50 recently, and I'm not quite there yet. Like, uh, that, like that's a terrible thing. <laughs> Thanks, Preston. <laughs> Thanks much. I just want to clarify. Um, but I just thought about how often we kind of go through life thinking there's this there's this age or season where if I can just get to that season, then I'm gonna relax, I'm gonna coast, and there's there's nothing wrong with relaxing, taking a break, whatever. But just how in our calling to follow Jesus, there's really not an end date to that. There's not an expiration. There's not a point where we go. Hey, I've done enough. I've served enough. I've walked with him long enough, and now I'm just going to kind of go through the rest of my life just chilling, right? And and he's a great example of how God can take somebody at any age and say, "Hey, I've got something for you to do," and being willing to to step in. I was talking to one of our members a week ago, and uh, they knew that I had the, the opportunity to, to share yesterday, and they knew what I was preaching on, mm-hmm. and. And uh, they made the comment, and this was really insightful, and I've heard it before from others, but I've never really thought about it. 
you know, in our culture, we talk about retirement. Mm-hmm. And to your point, you know, what we're going to do next, and we're going to step aside, so to speak, and and chill or whatever, start working on our bucket list in greater fashion, whatever. He said, you know, retirement really isn't biblical. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty strong statement yeah, that, yeah, that he made yeah. to me. And I thought, well, I get what you're coming from, but I never thought about it, you know, in that yeah, context. That, mm-hmm. And he said, he said, you know, we should always be, you know, what he put it, and it sounded really good, but he said, you know, mission, mm-hmm. regardless of if it's in our workplace or our right. family, he says, but, but the way we treat retirement, it's really not applicable. Yeah. Uh, it's just a changing of seasons and what that looks like. Yeah, and yeah. I thought, wow. That's good. And uh, I've always heard it said that, you know, in our culture, when we're retiring, we shouldn't be retiring from something. We should be retiring to something. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Work. I was thinking of two stories as you were talking. One is further back in my past. Sean and I were shopping together at a church in Newton County and uh, Mississippi. And there was a, we have a common um, a friend, a lady who is now passed away, who was mm-hmm. an incredible woman. Mm-hmm. And every year, as things were kicking off in the fall, she would have a conversation that would sound like, I think it's time for me not to be in the choir this year. Mm-hmm. And it was this conversation every year. Mm-hmm. And it was, by the end of the conversation, she'd say, you know what? <laughs> I still got breath. There you go. Yep. Mm. I'm not quitting. There you go. That was That's one. Right. And it just yeah. watching her struggle with maybe resolute in where she was able mm-hmm. to serve using her gifts and talents right. to be able to glorify God was just beautiful. And then being at church here at Broadmoor, uh, one of our um, one of our senior adult ladies, hmm. hearing her talk about her next mission trip each year, mm-hmm. yeah. whether it was India mm-hmm. or going to Israel, and going, no, let's the kingdom is still we are in the the right now and not yet, and God right, has positioned yeah. me. I'm not sitting still. Mm. Um, That's right. That's right. I'll just go a step further. Last week was Wild Week, and um, one of I think one of the most significant things about Wild Week is watching. We have a group of um, ladies and men that uh, I would say some of them are either nearing retirement or have retired, but yet they still come up here Mm -hmm. because they see the value in investing in a younger person's life. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and to me, like being the being the next gen pastor, that's true next gen Mm -hmm. right there. Uh, of one generation going, and hey, that, I need amen. to influence another. And that's biblical. And that's, that's Scripture, right. Scripture, that's scripture right. is crystal clear about that. It's just a beautiful yeah. picture. I, I, I thought about to, when you were just sharing, Neil, there's a there's a lady in our church family who has served in student ministry for a lot of years, and last yeah. year she transitioned into college ministry mm-hmm. when we relaunched college ministry. She's 69, 70 years old, which if you're listening, folks, that's not old. Let me be clear. That's about Preston's age right now. That's right. Pretty from. close. Yeah. I'll but, take that. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, she's a retired physical therapist, and she stepped away from that. But she has so much gas still in the mm-hmm. tank. And, oh, my goodness, the way that she loves and encourages college students so and yeah. parents of college students yes. is phenomenal. Yeah. And, uh I tell folks all the time, she's the CEO of our college ministry. Mm. She's the chief encouragement officer. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And she's a rock star. Yeah. And she she recognizes God has placed much on her, and she wants to leverage it, yeah. which is just super cool to watch. And still has an incredible sense of adventure, too. Oh. Like, went on the whitewater rafting trip and decided to go down... The Sahela, yeah. she she did it in a uh, kayak, in a kayak, yeah. not not in the whitewater. <laughs> she didn't, raft, she didn't go on a raft yeah. with everybody else. She says, "I'm doing this in a kayak." That's great. Yeah. And she'll put on a pair of skis and go snow skiing in a heartbeat. Yeah. I mean, she's she's great. incredible. Yeah. Hmm. 
Sean, there were some things you talked that that stood out to you as Roe kind of walked through his sermon Sunday. Uh, one of those was God's providing or providence mm-hmm. wherever He calls people. Mm-hmm. Could you talk more about that? I yeah, I, th- that too. I think uh, you know you you brought up that um, you know in the end of chapter three where God actually uh, allows the Egyptians to have favor on the Israelites and give them their silver and gold and and the intentions that God had for using that later on, even though they messed up with it. But but you see this this whole idea that God's providing not only the people, but he also provides Moses. If we read on, you have Moses that really doesn't understand how in the world this is going to happen and and makes plenty of excuses of why he's not the guy. Mm-hmm. Right. And and even in that, just the fact that that when God calls us to something... He gives us what we need for the task, even when we feel ill-equipped to do so. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's just a that's a that's a beautiful picture. And it's not about us; it's about Him. Like it's mm-hmm. it's about Him providing what He needs in you to yeah. to actually carry out what He's asked you to do. And so I think that's that's a huge important I, piece. I think it's verse thirteen of of Exodus three, when God said, "Hey, look, this is what I want you to do," and Moses says, "Hey." Uh, Basically, are you really sure of the guy? I'm not sure I am. Right. Mm-hmm. And I got cracked up. I was talking to some of our college students. Oftentimes, and I'm talking about myself, when there's someone may ask me to do something and either I don't want to do it, it's not convenient, it just doesn't really fit my agenda, if you will, but I don't want to outright say no because that would not come across very gracious or, <laughs> or you know, kind of maybe a little snarky. And, uh, and so... I'll just kind of talk around or ask a question, and I'm kind of coming up with a reason why maybe it's not the best idea. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's where, where Moses was, and I, he was probably very genuine in the standpoint of, hey, I don't, I'm not the great spokesman, or there's probably folks who are better uh, equipped, if you will. But I also get cracked up when I read that, I think. So basically, he, he was trying to tell God no, but... You didn't want to just look at God and say, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> soft, I'm not the soft rejection. That's right. Yeah. But, but how, you're right. How cool is it? And I really didn't think about this until, Sean, you were just talking, but the fact that God even chose to work through a human to do this, right. I mean, because he, he could have done this a different way. I mean, you, you think about it. He could have sent an angel and just which we see in said, other instances hey, exactly he right? uses angels in other places uh, even the the cloud and the and the fire you know it t- references the angel mm-hmm. of god he could have just sent an angel straight to pharaoh to say hey let him go and then had that angel lead him out and lead him to the promised land but he picks a person and he picks a person to your point in the sermon that's got some some background some backstory it's not a not a perfect some baggage some baggage yeah. exactly and I just think how great that God allows us and invites us in to be part of the work when he could do it a different way um, right. in so many instances. That's cool. I, I, I want to build on that just for a second because it's not something I learned about God, but what was I reminded about is that um, I think this is right. While we break all kinds of things as fallen men and women, we're not going to break his plan of redemption mm. for his creation. That's right. That's right. He because he it's not. I don't think that he trusts us. He trusts himself mm-hmm. that yeah. he's going to work it all out. Whether we joke through a straight line or a mm-hmm. crooked line, at the end he's getting the glory. Yeah, 
Right. And he's the hero of the story, which he has freedom. <laughs> Jesus calling 12 broken, by the end of it, 11 disciples to go launch a church. You're like, that doesn't make sense. These are fishermen and tax collectors and stuff, and yet that's the plan. Like, that's, we that's see right. it over and over again. Um, over and over that's again. Right. Yep. Mm. Which really just means when, when we say no and we don't enter into that, we're, we're missing out. He's that's gonna, exactly right. He's yeah. going to accomplish what he's going to accomplish, but when he yeah. invites us into it and we don't join him, we miss out on the blessing of being, yeah. being part of that. I do think there's something that I don't want us to miss, which would be when God calls Moses and gives Moses what he needs, Moses struggles with faith throughout the yeah. story. Mm -hmm. And when God gives the nation of Israel, he says, you're going to be given all these things for your journey. Roland, I really appreciated this. Talk more if you can about what he gave them for the tabernacle and what they ended up doing with mm -hmm. it and what was the result. Well, so uh, when you look at in verses 21 and 22, and you know, God had already told Moses, hey, look, if you tell them the great I am sent you, the Israelite leadership are going to know, okay, this is legit. They're going to listen. And, uh, and Pharaoh's not going to listen up the first time. But after I do these other miraculous wonders, and I promise you I'm going to have his attention, mm. and he's going to say, well, in that case, <laughs> you're free to go. <laughs> uh, but then at the end, the last part of that chapter, when it talks about how everyone should ask their neighbor and talks about clothing for your children and, and silver and gold, and it will be given. And it's pretty interesting. The last part of verse 22, it says, and Egypt will be plundered. Mm -hmm. And you, you think of that and you go, they, they were leaving with some stuff, mm -hmm. so to speak. In other words, it wasn't just the bare essentials. It gives me the picture of, of extravagant. God did extravagant things. And, and one, because he wanted his people to see his power. And, and and his provision that you know he had he had thought through things he had the details covered and you just have to listen to me you got to trust and you got to obey you just got to follow through and uh, and so but it wasn't just for their physical well being being so that their immediate needs were met God supplied what he they would need in the future so that they could continue to live underneath his headship underneath his authority and give him glory uh, as his people. And uh, if you look further on into the Old Testament, uh, we know that there was a plan to build the tabernacle, and that was for the glory of God. Well, well, the Israelites, the people who had just fled captivity, who had experienced crazy things and seen God do phen you know, phenomenal things to make that happen, well, they, they lost faith. They they turned away from the Lord and 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 they as an idol of worship they built what we know as the as the golden calf and you know it's it's pretty funny to me to think of worshiping something inanimate mm -hmm. if I'm really honest I can't I can't get my head around that uh, but they took literally what God had given to them through the Egyptians their captors for His glory and they used it to worship and pay. Uh, ascribe worth to something else. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the cool part about it is God, and it goes back to what you were talking about, his redemption, you know, he's still going to receive glory. Mm -hmm. And and we may wreck a lot of things in life, but ultimately he's God and he's going to keep motoring on. Mm -hmm. And he provides a, a plan and a path for redemption of his people. Yeah. And, and today, you know, because of Christ, 
we wreck stuff every day. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. I do. And I wasn't kidding when I said yesterday, I'm a walking, talking, living, you know, picture of God's grace. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true of all of us, whether mm-hmm. we really want to own it or not. Right. And we, we really don't want to own it because that means we have to eat some humble pie. Mm-hmm. But we are, and, and God, through the provision of Christ, well, that's the path to redemption. And that's, mm-hmm. we, can't, we can't wreck that. That's right. Yeah. I, I, so as you say that right there, one of the interesting things to me, and I think it's a picture even of us, is as you walk through this journey with the Israelites, you see God's provision, but yet the thing that they continually missed and complained about was God's provision. <laughs> um, and and so he provided he provided the gold and the silver. He, he provides manna along this journey. He mm-hmm. provides a way of escape from Pharaoh through the through the Red Sea. I mean, like he provide every turn. God continues to provide, mm-hmm. and yet at every turn they continue to complain about what provisions they do not have. Yep. Um, and and to me it goes back to what you just said right there. If I rewind all the way back to just them walking out of Egypt, um. God's salvation that he had provided for them. Like he had he had brought them out of oppression into freedom. He had literally saved them. You had the covering of his blood um, as as they walked out of here. Like so all of those things he's provide, but but they don't I don't I'm I'm not sure they get the gravity of the fact that they they wanted to go back to this captivity they they had experienced. And as I, as I think about that, I think for us, we oftentimes forget the provisions that God has made for us, and we always want to know why he's not providing. Mm-hmm. And and to me, it, it goes back to, if I go all the way back to the very essential thing, that he provides salvation through the blood of Christ— I think oftentimes we forget to reflect on that mm. of the greatest provision that he has provided um, because that in turn shapes how we view um, the things that we think we needed, we need to be provided. Does, mm-hmm. that, does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, but great, great reminder mm-hmm. that he does provide, but yet I think oftentimes we miss his provision. Mm-hmm. Hey, I was pressing you kind of talk about how, helpful it was when Roland gave some of the application questions at the end. Mm-hmm. Roland, you made a statement at the end, and it was, there's, my guess is there's a Moses in this room right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to do a kind of more personal question for you guys. As examples where God has provided for you and your own callings, how have you seen God reclaim parts of your story um, as you have continued to grow in obedience and then fall in disobedience in your own life? How have you seen him reclaim baggage, brokenness, backstory hmm. to where you are right now? Do you have any yeah. examples of how you've seen it? <clears throat> I'll tell you, the, f- the first thing that comes to my mind, it's not a specific example, I could probably get there through this, but as a, as a counselor, um, you know, going through school and being trained in that area, we learned a lot of how do you sit with someone, how do you listen with someone, what are the, you know, different techniques you can use, those types of things, and those are all good and, and helpful, I'm glad I have those, but 
Um, I've always been amazed at how often it's not been the technique that has gotten me somewhere as I'm sitting with someone. It's been me sharing a part of my journey mm. that lets them know that I've walked some of that road that they're on. Mm. Um, and in some of those cases, it might have been, um, you know, loss or it might have been uh, something that's kind of happened externally. But in many of those cases, it's been my own struggles and my own failures that open a door for me to be able to connect with that person and do ministry in a way that if I keep that door closed, we're probably not going to move much further. Mm. And so it's, um, I wish looking back that we would have had a little more training maybe in how do you use your story? And we did have some of that, you know, how do you appropriately use your story? But I think so often people, that's what draws them in to know that hey, you're, you're like me and you struggle like me and you're, you're human. Mm. Um, and I've seen it over and over throughout my life, even things where uh, maybe there was a closed door that I really thought I had heard God's voice and thought we were moving in a certain direction, maybe with a job change or something like that, and then that door closed and I didn't understand it. Uh, thought maybe at the time that I had missed God, second-guessed, am I even good at hearing God, right? Am I even good at reading God? But then because of that closed door, he would put me somewhere else. And in hindsight, I would be able to look back and see, okay, this is mm. what you were doing. But yeah. not in the moment. Yeah. Not in the moment. Mm. Um, if, if I think back all the way to, uh, I think especially middle school, high school years, um, I was the kid that sat in the corner. Like, I'm not speaking to you first. Mm. Um. I think feelings of I'm inadequate, um, I'm not good enough, um, and like literally I think about even if you were to call on me and tell me I had to stand up in front of a room and speak mm. to a group of people, I may throw up. <laughs> um, and so as as I look through that, um, I, I would probably dare say that a lot of people say that I'm I'm kind of an extrovert. Like I don't mind meeting people, and it's only by the grace of God mm. that I am what I am. Like that's if I look back on my history, that's not who I am. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm the I'm the kid sitting in the corner, um, and so uh, so with that, um, anytime I'm able to, even in a small group, I, I think about. I had a meeting where I got to lead my team this morning. Even that was mm. foreign to me in middle school, high school. Mm -hmm. Like that would not, that would not be me. Mm. And, and I, and even, even today, like there's always these thoughts of, of like, uh, you're not good enough. Right. And yeah. so I, th I think that, like, I think about Moses, the imposter. Yeah. I think it, yeah. I think about Moses going, I'm not good at speaking to people. Yeah. Um, th this this story speaks a lot to me because it would be like, no, no, God, uh, you got the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm not cut out for that. Yeah. Um, and I think just as I look back on it, how God has taught me, shaped me, uh, surrounded me with people that even helped me, I think develop skills. Um, mm -hmm. But just knowing that a lot of who I am now is because of the work of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. in my life. That's good. Um, so. That's good. Hmm. 
I really appreciate that. That's, I appreciate your vulnerability in that. At the same time, it's kind of funny to me watching you and knowing, knowing you knowing in, now, in, in yeah, this right. season of life. Right. And so I go, wow, okay, that's yeah. that's kind of cool. It's kind of not what I see, but anyway. Right. But, but I appreciate you sharing I'm, that. I'm telling you. Yeah. So for me, I, 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 what I'm going to share is still me today. It's not like way back. <laughs> it's today. So I believe, you know, Scripture tells us in different places that we're to be still. And, uh, you know, so we can know him, so we can live in him. I got to tell you, that's hard for me. It's hard for really? me. It's hard you for don't me. Say. To, it's hard for me to be still at times. You write that. But down. but in that, at the same time, this may be. I'm talking out of both sides of a mouth. I believe God calls us to an active faith, mm. and so for me, there's a tension of mm-hmm. what is that? You know, being active in faith and and engaging opportunity and and the responsibility. Uh, not just vocationally, but the responsibility because there's opportunity. And is that an opportunity God has afforded me? Mm-hmm. And so I, I wrestle with that. And and oftentimes I find myself in motion. I'm, I'm a fixer. I'm a doer. Mm-hmm. I'm a let's make it happen kind of guy. And, and I do believe God's placed that in me. Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly living in the brokenness of, okay, God, wh- what is it? Where am I exercising faith in active fashion and and being obedient mm. to the opportunity that you have put out there for somebody mm-hmm. versus uh, listening, hearing what you have for me, and don't allow me to miss up, you know, miss out on it. Don't allow me to be distracted by this these other things taking place around me. These, you know. And so for me, it is a tension, mm. Uh, and mm. it is an ongoing tension. Keeps going, me. yeah. I think for mine um, would be, I think part of my backstory includes experiences that would lead me to want to hide or not be known or mm. seen, maybe the corner of the room, but maybe more of um, kind of wear a mask. Uh, in some of our men's small groups, we use the, kind of the phrase chameleon, yeah, right, where I'm, I'm not known but also have a high value for overcompensating performing and the fact that God has positioned me in a in an opportunity of leadership where the goal is to be more known, more vulnerable, and to focus on healthy rhythm, not production performance, is not does not escape me, the irony of that, mm-hmm. because it forces me into a position or a posture of complete dependence, mm-hmm. which continues to keep me both um off balance and dependent upon him, but also um, at peace at the exact same time. Like I'm, it's a, it's a, to your point, it's a, it's a tension yeah. that Roland is like continues to be there for me. It kind of pulls me along. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's probably mine is seeing the things that were part of my story who shaped me towards brokenness and woundedness. Now he reclaims those things. Mm-hmm. And says, "Now you're, we're gonna we're gonna take those and um, position them so that I get glory in your life, not for you, Neil, as a leader or a servant, but as a follower, as adopted son of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably mine. All right. So we have, with those things being said, we have a couple more weeks in this series, and Roland did his best to kind of walk through Moses. Sean, in thirty seconds to a minute." This next Sunday, we're at David and Goliath. What happens between this and David and Goliath? 
way too much to talk about in two minutes. <laughs> um, so you you basically have the development of uh, this now nation, right? Like he's already established this covenant. Um, these are his people, but now they're moving into uh, the promised land. You've got a journey of so this journey through the wilderness, um, the actual uh, conquest of that area. We, we moved through. We're actually going to come back and revisit Joshua, though, later on. We kind of switched two stories, so we're going to backtrack eventually. But but you have the conquest of this this new land that he's taken them to. You have the establishment of of a, of a kingdom. Um, you have this whole rise of kings and and now some some. Uh, I'm trying to summarize this in words here. <laughs> you doing um, good. Th- this king that rises to power, but then really. Uh, fails to lean on God, and so God then has a chosen king in David, and so you see some some things in that story that um, are prominent features of David. We know David's not a perfect man, but there's some prominent features of David about his reliance on God that now God chooses him to now lead his people, um, and so um, it's, it's, it's an interesting story, and I think possibly even a story that we look at sometimes through the wrong lens Mm -hmm. and we try to put um, ourselves maybe in the wrong uh, person's role. Mm, That's good. Um, So it'll be be a great, it'll be a great Sunday. Cool. Great. Hey, thanks for doing this guys. Roland again, thank you so much for leading Mm -hmm. us in the word. It was, it was amazing to watch you kind of, be who is uniquely you inside of a sermon series where we kind of all these guardrails right to do certain things and yet to see you take that and make it your own it was really cool to watch and i'm so thankful for you it was a fun experience i was grateful for the opportunity i'm grateful to our pastor for affording it yeah all right last thing uh we get to rename our podcast what you got (laughs) i'm gonna go with mike's musings or josh's jollies what you got (laughs) you can't beat that there's no way I'm not even going to try. I Come think, on. I think the, the Fred and Hank show. The Fred, Fred and, and Hank, Hank show. show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we will uh, we'll go viral. I'm just telling you. It's going to be good stuff. Uh, all right, guys. Love you so much. Have a great week. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others. And don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmoor.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at mybroadmoor. Thanks for listening.